Welcome back, everyone, once again to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and I hope you're having a lovely day. I have quite the episode prepared for you today. On this Wednesday edition, January 11th, 2023, we're going to be taking a look at several pretty good pieces of news, if I might say so myself, and we're going to begin with the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. Yes, the House Republicans have filed those articles of impeachment, and Mayorkas may not be long for his job. Then we're going to be talking about a rule change, which means that House Republicans and House Democrats are going to have to be spending more time in Washington, D.C. if they want to be doing the job that we sent them there to do. And then we have an interesting update on those classified documents discovered in Joe Biden's University of Pennsylvania office. Tucker Carlson found some interesting connections through the Hunter Biden text messages, and that's great because the House just passed a resolution creating a committee to investigate China. And we know Hunter and Joe have deep ties to China. And then we also have some new information about what that committee is actually going to look like. And finally, I have a very strange video for you from Project Runway before COVID-19 even hit the scenes. I think you're going to be surprised if you haven't seen it already, but either way, I wanted to show you. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn because we're going to be right back after this. All right, gang, welcome back. Thank you for sticking around. Now, I'm going to begin today with a story about Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, speaking objectively, in a purely non-political manner, I think it's safe to say that Alejandro Mayorkas has been one of the most destructive and evil presences in the federal government in probably the entirety of U.S. history. While he has overseen the Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. has logged on record over 5 million illegal aliens crossing into this country. That is in just about two years. And it would never have happened if Donald Trump was still in power. It never would have happened if the border fence would have been completed. It never would have happened if that big, beautiful wall that even the private citizens, Brian Colfage and Build the Wall, were trying to get built. But unfortunately, Mayorkas, the DHS, and the whole entire Biden regime had to put a stop to it because they benefit from all of those illegals coming across the border. Now, one of the arguments that Democrats will frequently use is that we must be compassionate for all peoples. If these people are running from something, well, gosh, there's a good reason they're coming to the United States. Undoubtedly, some of those people are fleeing untenable and dangerous circumstances in their home country. And that's why we have a legal process for asylum that's in place. A country without rules, a country without laws is a country without Order And currently, my friends, we are in chaos and Alejandro Mayorkas and his response to the immigrant crisis, to the illegal migration crisis that has been flooding across the border for the last two years is directly responsible for it. And he keeps lying to the American people. He refuses to admit the dangers and the totality of everything that is going on. The border is porous. Mayorkas has done nothing to close it, and he's done nothing to address the issues of these illegal migrants that are crossing into Texas, Arizona, any of our states at our southern border. Now, I think Alejandro Mayorkas is on the cusp of paying for all of his mistakes, all of for his bad decision-making, his administrative failures, because House Republican Pat Fallon, he's from Texas, has filed articles of impeachment against our Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and that is a dog. All right. Sorry about that. Where was I? So Alejandro Mayorkas has had impeachment articles filed against him by Pat Fallon, a Republican from Texas, 
Why, you might ask? Well, it's pretty obvious, but high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, the only question is, can Mayorkas be removed from power soon enough so that it can have an impact on the damage that might be done here in 2023? Now, I said 5 million at the beginning, but 5 million that have been recorded. We have no idea how many more millions have just streamed through that extremely porous southern border. It could be far, far more. Now, Texas Republicans Pat Fallon has filed these articles of impeachment. It was one of the first things he did. They state that high crimes and misdemeanors have been committed by Alejandro Mayorkas. This is known as House Resolution 8. It was introduced just on Monday, and it's been referred to the House Judiciary Committee, where they will apparently be the ones taking a look at it. Now, last week, Fallon had vowed he was going to do just this as soon as he was sworn into office, and the efforts that Republicans in the new House have taken in the GOP majority to fight against the damage that Biden and his administration have done is really, really exciting, and I think it bodes well for the future of America. Now, Fallon had this to say. Since day one, Secretary Mayorkas's policies have undermined law enforcement activities at our southern border. From perjuring himself before Congress about maintaining operational control of the border to the infamous whipgate slander against our Border Patrol agents, Secretary Mayorkas has proven time and time again that he is unfit to lead the Department of Homeland Security. Now, if that's the only thing that Mayorkas did... That should be enough to get him impeached. You can't perjure yourself before Congress. Look at what they did. They claimed Roger Stone perjured himself before Congress, and they were going to send him to prison. They're attempting to do the same thing to anyone on the right for the smallest and simplest of infractions, even if they don't exist. But in the case of Alejandro Mayorkas, we can show that he actually broke the laws. Not to mention that his policies at the southern border have essentially hamstrung any of the law enforcement officers. He has stopped them from doing their own jobs, and he he lied about them with that stupid whipgate thing, uh, making allusions to slavery because they were trying to track down some people that were running across the border. It's their damn job. It's what they're supposed to do. And I've said this so many times, but Washington, D.C. is the only place in the world where you can fail upwards so spectacularly, not do your job flagrantly, take your duties and shove them down the toilet. And nobody seems to care until now. The 118th Congress may go down in history as the most important thus far in American life. So we have Republicans previously announcing they're going to be seeking testimony from the following individuals who work in the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Department, also in Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Customs and Border Protection, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, better known as CISA. You all know them. These names are going to be called before Congress, and if they perjure themselves, well, maybe this time around they're going to be the ones getting criminal referrals. We have Alejandro Mayorkas, Yur Jado, Tay Johnson, Kerry Doyle, Blas Nunez Nato, Chief Raul Ortiz, Jennifer Daskal, Adam Hunter, Jen Easterly, Jeff Hale, and Julia Trainer. Now, if the Biden administration was intent on destroying the United States, what would they be doing differently? I think the answer to that question is Not much. When you take a look at the situation that is currently plaguing the United States, you have two options. At the end of the day, either the people who are in charge in the federal government currently are just so stupid, so bad at their jobs, so incompetent that they have no right being in government, or 
They are intentionally attempting to destroy the very fabric of America, which would then result in mass chaos and the need to create something different, perhaps the socialist states of America, or they could become part of a new world order. I think that both of them are true, but more often than not, this has been done intentionally, and that's why we need the leaders of our nation to be strong, resolute, actually defend the tenets of the Constitution, represent the American people, and no longer flouting the laws and just doing whatever it is that they want for whomever they want, for their overlords in the World Bank or the World Economic Forum, whoever it is that they're answering to. It's time you started answering to the American people. All right, next, I spoke about this yesterday on Occam's Razor, but wouldn't you know it, after Joe Biden scolded and chided Donald Trump for classified documents ending up at Mar-a-Lago, whether or not they were actually classified, because remember, Donald Trump was the president and he claimed that they had all been declassified. There were, in fact, classified documents also found in an office owned by Joe Biden that was at the University of Pennsylvania. And initially, Joe Biden had not commented on this. But yesterday, when he was in Mexico, uh, he was asked by a reporter and he actually did give an answer. Let's go ahead and take a listen to what that answer is. First, people know I take classified uh, documents, classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives, and we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon, and uh, there'll be more detail uh, at that time. President Trump said that he declassified all these documents. Could he have just declassified them all? Well, I just want to know I've declassified everything in the world. I'm president. I can do it all. Come on. Declassify the world. I'm not going to comment on it because I don't know the detail. I don't even want to know. I'll let the Justice Department take care of it. The FBI spread the documents out on a floor to make a record of what was found. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself, looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. So looking back on Joe Biden's feigned incredulity, you can ask the exact same questions about the documents found at Joe Biden's University of Pennsylvania office in a closet in a folder marked personal, even though they were also in sensitive compartmentalized information folders. The only difference between the two cases is that 
The FBI didn't raid Joe Biden's home or his office. They didn't lay out supposed classified documents and take a picture and release it to the media. And certainly they were not removed from the White House by someone with the power to declassify them. And it appears that these documents were of particular interest to Joe Biden, probably marked personal because of his family's longstanding business interests with all three of these nations. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at the next part of this, because I think that it might draw us a little bit closer to understanding what the whole thing's about anyways. So some savvy-eyed researchers, after learning that these classified documents were left at the Penn Biden Center, went in and took a look at Hunter Biden's laptop and the files contained therein to see if they could find any references to the Penn Biden Center. And what they found, Titania977 on Twitter, is fascinating. If you take a look at this email right here, it's an email exchange between Hunter Biden and someone named Craig Gehring. Now, I have uh, taken a look at who Craig Gehring is. He he works for CAA. Uh, that is the famous CIA representation company, the, the very company in Hollywood that represents a lot of MK Ultra celebrities. Uh, and in this email, Robert Hunter Biden says, yes, in theory, that's the way I'd like it to shake out. But please keep this very confidential between us because nothing has been set in stone and there's still a lot of sensitivity around all of this, both internally and externally. He hasn't made any decisions, and this could be changed overnight. Now, he certainly is Joe Biden. And what is it that Hunter is responding to? Well, this message from Craig. Morning. Thanks. It is absolutely fascinating. My confidential notes from our meeting. Please let me know if I'm off base on anything. Sounds like Hunter and Craig actually got together in person to discuss some very important things. Number one, School of Public Policy at the University of Delaware will be renamed with the VP, that would be Joe Biden, the Biden Public School of Policy, like Gerald Ford did, Concentration on Domestic Political Science. Of course, the university gains an infusion of prestige, money, notoriety, and professors. University will raise all of the capital for the new building centered on the quad. Within the building will be a vice presidential center of li or library, first of its kind, about studying of the office of the vice president, not just Biden. And then number two, the Biden Foundation in Wilmington, Delaware. And number three, the Biden Institute of Foreign Relations at the University of Pennsylvania. Focus on foreign policy. In addition to the Institute at the University of Penn, the school has an existing office in D.C. that will be expanded to house a D.C. office for Vice President Biden. And Mike, Hunter, and Steve operates like the Clinton Global Initiative without the money raise. Now, this is the office where these classified documents were discovered. Now, despite the fact that he compares this operation to the Clinton Global Initiative, which was all about raising money, he says it's without that money raise. However, the fourth item on his to-do list from the notes with Hunter Biden is simply wealth creation. So I take you back one more time to my theory that Joe Biden's interest in these documents had a lot to do with his own personal business interests. And the one thing that was missing from those documents was documents on China. Perhaps Biden didn't need to take classified documents about things related to China because he and his family are already so closely aligned with it. 
Let me now take you to a clip from Tucker Carlson, which expands upon the Biden family's connections to China in an incredible way. And that connection comes in the form of a direct link between China and the CCP and Naomi Biden, one of the daughters of Robert Hunter Biden, of course, Hunter with the infamous laptop. And that's where this information comes from. Now, it's connected to the University of Pennsylvania. I'm going to play the clip and I am going to tell you it's shocking. We took a look at text messages from Hunter Biden's laptop to see if we could find an answer. And we found messages between a senior professor at Penn's International Relations Department to Naomi Biden. That would be Hunter Biden's very young daughter. The message from the professor begins this way, quote, Dear Naomi, I'm writing you tonight to invite you to take part in a major conference in China at the end of March. I've been asked to help recruit a prominent young leader. They, the Chinese government, will fly you business class and, of course, provide all of your accommodations. I don't think it would surprise you that they are interested in you thanks to your family name. I would not take offense at that. It is truly the Chinese way. And frankly, better you than that dolt Tiffany Trump. If you're interested, can you send me your CV and or a bio? I would forward that and you could expect an official invitation from Li Baodong, the secretary general of the forum. End quote. Pretty remarkable. As far as we know, that has not been previously reported. So here you have an employee of the University of Pennsylvania, an Ivy League school, sending an invitation, apparently on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party, to recruit Joe Biden's granddaughter for an influence operation, saying that she'd be flown to Beijing and stay in Chinese government-controlled accommodations. So the Chinese making overtures to the daughter of Hunter Biden through an employee at the University of Pennsylvania, the same place where Joe Biden had office space, where Hunter Biden and someone from CAA were discussing the uh, immense possibilities for wealth creation. It seems the intergenerational business dealings the Chinese have with the Bidens has extended now to the children of Hunter Biden. Now, one thing that I thought was very interesting, and I want to draw your attention to it, the professor made reference to a word in here. And he says, when he says, I've been asked to help recruit a young leader, he says, due to my own personal Quanxi, Q-U-A-N-X-I. What is Quanxi? Let's go ahead and take a look. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Given the context of this conversation, it's extremely relevant. So let's take a look. So from this article, I was able to find Quanxi is a negotiating tactic that the Chinese use to develop relationships. Now, in the Chinese culture, friendship means something more than what it means here in the Western world. According to the Chinese, it means creating a friendship that helps each other to grow, to become independent and to become prosperous. It means doing more than what is expected or what convention calls for. It means revealing secrets. In business, it means helping with money, manpower, and technology to solve problems that are unanticipated and unbudgeted. And in the Chinese world, friendship and this concept of quanxi are very closely related. Basically, it says that two parties are friends, and the dominant or stronger party implicitly agrees to help the weaker party in times of need. And in return, the dependent party implicitly agrees to assist the other and stay loyal in hard times. So considering the overture is being made from this University of Pennsylvania professor to Naomi Biden on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party, 
and this is due to his own personal Quan Chi. We can we can speculate that the University of Pennsylvania professor has this ongoing kind of master slave relationship with the CCP. And as they are making the overtures to Naomi Biden, they are hoping to bring her into this type of Quan Chi relationship. Now, this is especially disturbing considering the fact that these overtures are being made in this concept of Quan Chi from the Chinese Communist Party to the granddaughter of Joe Biden, the daughter of Hunter Biden. This Biden crime family, which has already been demonstrated on many different occasions to have very unsettling relationships with the Chinese. Now, if you make a relationship with the Chinese Communist Party and they expect you to do anything for them, that sounds more like a an asset type relationship than it does a business relationship. And you can bet, since they said their interest in you is because of your last name, the Chinese are expecting to maintain that intergenerational relationship with the Biden family so that they can get whatever they want and, in the end, subjugate and destroy America. This is shocking stuff as far as I'm concerned. Now, unfortunately, the Biden crime family and this University of Pennsylvania professor are not the only Americans that are bought and paid for and show allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party. And as a result of that, another wonderful thing the House has done just yesterday is to pass this resolution creating that committee to investigate China. Now, I've already told you a little bit about the other subcommittee that they have just created as well, looking into the weaponization of the federal government, but they're going to be looking into the actions of the executive branch and uh, specifically specifically into the warrants that were uh, delivered to Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. But this committee on China looking into creating a more effective type of competitiveness with China and hopefully going after people who are selling out our nation for their own personal bank accounts, this could very easily wrap up the Biden crime family in this investigation as well. But but even more than that, I'm very excited about the fact that they're going to be looking into the laboratory origins of COVID-19 because there were several Americans, Dr. Fauci, Peter Daszak, a number of people who were involved in the creation of SARS-CoV-2 and probably in the creation of the pandemic itself. The spike protein is not a natural phenomenon. It fuses with the virus and the human cells, and it appears to have components that are unique to SARS-CoV-2 that are not found in the normal evolutionary process. And considering the fact that EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Daszak, his organization, along with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, created SARS-CoV-2 through gain-of-function research that was funded by Dr. Anthony Fauci and the National Institutes of Health. This is a natural subject that should very easily be coming up in the investigations this committee is going to produce. I'm extremely excited to see what happens. I'm really hoping that we're finally going to get some justice on a number of different fronts. But more than anything else, I am excited to see that possibly we are going to make some of these people pay who have been selling out America for the benefit of China and their Quan Chi type relationships. All right, and finally, one more bit of excellent news coming out of the new session of the House. Last night, they passed a rule to end proxy voting. What does that mean? That means that congressmen have to show up 
on the House floor if they're going to vote on something. That means they can no longer vote from the golf course. That means that they're going to have to actually show up to their job. This is no longer going to be something they can just phone in or tell somebody else to vote however they want them to. They must actually be present if they're going to be running the government of the United States of America. And finally, someone brought this to my attention earlier today. I had never seen it. It's uh, kind of interesting, but it goes along with the uh, talk about Peter Dasick and EcoHealth Alliance. Back in 2019, before the COVID-19 pandemic, the pandemic, before COVID-19 was even on anybody's lips, there was a contestant on Project Runway, and that person's name was COVID, spelled with a K, They produced an outfit that was 100% matching. It was the same all over. And to me, that was a bit of a subliminal nod uh, to telling people that they should submit and just do what everybody else is doing. But even more shocking than that, it also included a face mask. Now, this is, again, way before face masks or COVID-19 or any of this stuff. But take a look at this clip because it's kind of strange. More predictive programming. Things like we've seen on The Simpsons and plenty of other places. COVID's look. Do you mind putting your mask back on? Thank you. I had not noticed COVID's detail. This 3D applique. I mean, it just gets better. What do you guys think of this mask? It's sick. Brandon said it, but you must be hot. You should probably take it off. So yeah, just a little bit odd and something that I think is obviously predictive programming. Now, what's also interesting is that all references to this episode have been removed from the internet. You can't find uh, a high quality copy of it. And I don't believe it's in syndication. They're not showing it anymore. Certainly, this is not something that they want people to start thinking might have been pre-warning about what was planning to be coming up in just about a year from the air date of this episode. All right, guys, that's all I've got for you today. All right, like I said, that's all I've got for you today. I want to thank everyone for joining me once again. If you haven't, please consider hitting the like button. Maybe consider sharing the show. Both things really help me out. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do so. And if not, let me know why in the description below. And tell me, what do you think about these stories? Leave a comment below. And thank you very much for letting me know in advance. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.